0: So oh, fuck yes! Welcome to after the hype. With me, your host is always, Brian Dressel. With me as always is Jonathan Hardesty. here and
1: Emily Blake. Hi. Uh,
0: again, as if you didn't. Well, if you didn't listen last week, we had down two people because of illness, which is very sad. We didn't have Sam last <laughs> it week. Sounds
1: like they're dying. They're they not are, dying. They
0: might be dying. We don't know. She's not here. Uh, Chewy is definitely not dying. She just couldn't be here because Sam couldn't be here, and that's how those dominoes fall. But we do have very special guest and homeowner Justin Thiele.
2: When you can't get anybody else, <laughs> I'll be here to give unsatisfactory performances and reveal unwanted spoilers.
0: There we go. Uh, to be fair, I didn't ask anyone else for this episode. You were the first person to ask. Yeah, I, have,
2: I asked people as well because I knew we were down somebody. If but. you know they're already unavailable, you don't have to ask. <laughs> it's a fair a very At least you don't have a evasion. commute. You just
1: commute down the stairs. Yeah, I had to put shoes on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, we can do a really quick, where have you been doing before we dive into this? Uh, I have been watching shitty game shows and I have been enjoying <laughs> the hell out of them. I've started watching with Chewie, uh, the masked singer.
2: Um,
0: is it that is, good? No, it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's horrible. Here's what I want to know if
2: there's actually anybody famous or if it's just like, oh, it's some background singer.
0: No, no, no. They're not all singers. That's the thing. So sometimes they come out and they can't carry a tune to save their life. So it's but like
2: Mark Wahlberg or
0: somebody. The the, the one that I watched had uh, Chong, Marin from Cheech and Chong. Oh, that's stupid. I hate this it. Is, it actually was kind of <laughs> that part was kind of fun. The reason you don't watch the show is because the hosts are the worst hosts in Ken history. Jeong. Ken Jong can be funny, but not if it's just yeah. the Ken John show. Yeah, yeah. and it's Which him. He likes to do Jenny McCarthy oh. and Robin Thicke. Oh, <laughs> so oh. It's like oh, it just kept horrible. getting worse. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like. The costumes look cool. The
0: costumes are why I enjoyed watching it. They are mm. fun. And then I also watched uh, Ellen's Game of Games, which is also
2: <sighs> terrible. I don't like it. No, it's it seems, not good at all. I've very, never heard of this one. It seems very bad-natured. It is. Like,
1: it's, it's just she, mean. Uh,
2: she, yes, yeah, she's she has this look of Glee on her face when she's making people do unpleasant things.
1: Yeah, like, it's just... I heard someone who is an assistant on her show said she's like awful to work for. Uh,
2: it would not surprise me. No.
0: It, based on... Game of Games. Not on her show. Her show, she looks like really fun. On Game of Games, it's just like, oh, you're just going to be horribly mean to everyone on your show. Well, that's uh. always
2: the rumor around town is that Ellen is like an unpleasant person. But, you know, she's achieved a lot of success, more power to her. But, like, yeah, absolutely. also, she, but it just, like, she she conveys no personality <sighs> on screen.
0: Especially Game of Games, you you could just see her counting her paycheck every scene. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, that's why we're all here. And yeah. it's just boring and awful. Out of the two, I'd say watch Mass Singer. Because that one at least is like, wow,
2: this is awful, but it's really fun to watch. Hollywood Game Night is not horrible. I have not watched that one yet. That's the one with Jane Lynch.
0: I do like Jane Lynch. She's very funny. Jane Lynch is great.
3: That's it for me, though. Uh, kind of on a, on a different tangent, I watched Hardcore Henry on Netflix. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it was one of those ones where I was like, this is getting late. I need to veg to something. I can't quite sleep.
0: I watched this. And yeah, wow. It was better as a three minute music video.
3: I was
1: about yeah. to say the music video is awesome. Yeah. But I can't imagine that carrying for an entire feature. Mm. It doesn't. It yeah. doesn't,
2: though. No. You'll have to explain what this is
0: uh, first person action movie. So the entire thing's shot as if it's a video game. Mm. And it's a it genetically is, uh, modified
3: super soldier that has to uh, save his girlfriend from a, um, a telekinetic albino. So it's like a Twitch stream yeah, you, of well, somebody's you, video game. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's bad. And it's got Schauty in it and
3: now see I laughed because once they once they once they caught what they were doing and being just kind of dumb about it, I
0: had some fun with his like real he appearance. He's just never in anything good though. Like, <laughs> Beyond like District 9, when he shows up, it's like, oh, it's a bad movie. And he's just gonna eat the scenery. Uh he was in um Oh, he was in Free Fire, which Free I Fire. Really, yeah, I'll give you that one. But yeah, I, I love Free like, Fire. But uh he was the bright spot of Hardcore Henry. Yeah. He's always good. Just the movies he's in are usually like ugh.
1: Yeah. Uh, Emily, what about you? I, what did I do? Oh, uh, I watched a Netflix show called Sex Education. And uh, I wasn't even... After the pilot, I wasn't sure. I was like, mm, I'll check out the second episode. And by the third episode, I ended up staying up till one in the morning watching the rest of the series. So it it's slow to get started. Mm-hmm. But once it starts, it gets better, progressively better with every episode. And I really enjoyed it. Um, the premise is that this high school kids, it, it takes place in England. And this high school kid... Um, his mom is a sex therapist, and she's really hip, and uh, she's way too, like, uh, into his life and, and uh, controlling, and she's played by Gillian Anderson, doing a British accent. Oh. It's the oh, role she yes. was born for. Can you imagine someone more perfect to play a hip sex therapist mom than Gillian Anderson? I she's watched amazing. the trailer. It looked really good. Yeah. yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, I got three seconds into the trailer, and I was like, play. Yeah. Um, so, uh, But because he's grown up with a sex therapist mom who's really open uh he's really knowledgeable about sex therapy and so at school he ends up like giving a kid really good advice that allows him to like he can't ejaculate and finally one day he does and he's very excited and then this girl would be (laughs) yeah this girl is like wait a minute so you can give people advice that'll fix them and he's like yeah and she's like let's make money so they start charging (laughs) all like like they set up a business where everyone at the school if you have problems in your relationship or intimacy you can come and pay and then like She'll schedule and whatever and he'll give the advice and, it, and so every episode is about fixing someone's relationship, some high school kids' That's relationship. That's interesting. It's, it's oh, a gosh. really cool premise. Like I said, it took a while to get started because it took a whole episode just to set that premise up. So for the first episode, you're like, where is this going? And then by the time you get into the premise and he's saving people's relationships, it's really, and he has to like solve them because he's a 16-year-old white boy. So like when he comes across a lesbian couple he has to do research because he has no idea what so so like a girl walks in on him watching lesbian porn he's like it's for research um i'm trying to figure out how to scissor
2: uh
1: so um but and then it gets into relationship complications and um meanwhile the mom has her complications because she's afraid of like emotional intimacy um it's easy for her to talk about sex it's more difficult for her to have a relationship um and meanwhile the main character like he can't masturbate he just can't do it. And so while he's giving all these other people advice, he's he's got his own intimacy problems. So, it's just full of lots of stuff and um it's really intersectional. At first, like in the pilot, he has a a gay black best friend and I thought, "Oh, here we go, the gay black best friend who's fabulous and what." And then the character gets way more complicated than that. Um and they deal with that. They deal with um him slowly coming out to his dad. They deal um they have a little bit of transphobia in there. There's, um, there's just a lot, and uh, there was an abortion storyline. It's just, I felt like it just got better and better with every episode, and and most of the creative team is women, so. Cool. Yeah. Sex education.
2: Last but not least, um, I have been looking for a long time for a follow up to the Master and Commander book series, the twenty novel historical fiction about the Royal Navy. Have you read all of them? I've read all of them twice. Jesus. I was on vacation over the holiday. I needed something else to read. So I got a recommendation for something called the Sharpe's novel series, S-H-A-R-P-E. And it's not the Royal Navy, but it's the British Army. And it's a 23-book series of historical fiction (laughs) taking place during the Napoleonic Wars about a single soldier who happens to be at every single um, momentous battle of the Napoleonic Wars in Europe. And it's very long and it's it borders on like genre trash because it's just like <laughs> it's set up, you know, battle, like payoff. He saves the day. He says something witty like it, it's it's very like historical fiction action movie, but it's very satisfying and they're very fast to read. So I've, I've already cruised through like six of them.
0: So. <laughs> so recommended the idea of historical fiction being genre trash
2: <laughs> i mean there's a formula and like old white men like really love it and they just eat it up and it's like all like over their romance shelves. novels but right yeah like oh tell me again about how that line formed ab- from the second <laughs> battalion <laughs> <laughs> and it's also extremely violent like in prose so that's also hmm. very satisfying interesting I don't think I'll ever read a single one of the forty-three books you just mentioned. It, they're good. I mean, they're, and they're fast too. Like, if you want like a short book to read, like three hundred pages, I still don't think I'm going to do it. It's the same as like a long fantasy novel. It's just boring. It, it, it took place in the real world. Oh, that's I don't, <laughs> real world sucks. I like <sighs> fantasy. Worlds. You know
1: what's the worst part about fantasy that it doesn't take place in the real world? Absolutely. That, that's uh, my number one complaint. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, not that it's a good segue, but let's talk about. Bad Times at the El Royale. Uh, this movie came out last year. Uh, first directorial movie since uh, Cabin in the Woods for Drew Goddard, although he's been working like a madman throughout all of Hollywood. Uh, what else? What else? What else? It cost, I want to say, looking this up last night, something like fifty million, and made like eighteen.
1: Surprising. Was it just salaries. I don't know what made it cost that much because it takes place essentially in one.
0: Maybe it was like thirty, thirty-eight. Yeah. I want to say it wasn't a very big budget, yeah, but it still didn't make it back. Even internationally, I mean, they would have
1: still... had to build sets. I guess that that gets pricey. Yeah, yeah and
0: then I'm sure Hemsworth and Bridges cost something, yeah. and even John yeah. Hamm is expensive, he makes but funny. he's not like aimless movie star expensive, but yeah. mm-hmm. but still, yeah, I would keep it up there um but yeah did not make any money back and the reviews were middling and i think both of those things were a shame uh i love the hell out of this movie
1: and i will
0: do the best i can to defend it this movie was requested by chewy who cannot be here today so i will try to bring in
1: i'm kidding i enjoyed watching it
0: i will try to bring in what she told me i had to mention but i'm not sure how good i'll do with that so i'll start this off with an apology to my wife for everything that i fail at in life in general. <laughs> yeah, I was
1: saying that just, like on a daily basis. Yeah, I'll just
0: I'll just use this one opportunity when she definitely won't be listening to apologize for everything.
1: You should keep that like on a keychain and then every time <laughs> yeah. you do just hit the button.
0: I apologize for everything. <laughs> That's a solid plan. Uh before we get too into the movie though, we have to do a breakdown within 30 seconds. Justin, do you think you can do it?
2: All of the bad times of the R.A.L.? Um I c- I can 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I didn't practice. Last time I went way over my time. Well, well I, t- I didn't. I didn't even get I didn't even get to like You would have. I didn't even that. get out of act 1 no, you in didn't. the 30 seconds. No, you
0: did really bad last time.
2: Um so I didn't prepare, but I think I can wing it. Okay. So here we go. Bad times at the El Royale. Here we go, 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 go. A bunch of criminals and some not criminals with shady past coincidentally meet at the El Royale Motel in Lake Tahoe and they all have different things they want and they meet and their interests collide and there's conflict and then there's a resolution. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a stinger like, you, like in the newspaper or it's supposed to give away everything that happens. Well, you prepared. didn't either. Like if I had heard that tagline, I would have gone to see that movie. I'm sure you would have. resolution. Lake Tahoe is all I need to know. Oh, oh, how boy. many movies are set in Lake Tahoe? <laughs> Not <laughs> enough. Godfather, one of the Godfathers. End of list.
1: I would definitely travel to Lake Tahoe to shoot a movie.
2: Uh, I'm gonna say you failed. Uh, yeah.
0: You did better than last time. I'll give you that much. You tried to summarize the whole movie. Listen. By saying conflict and resolution. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is there really a resolution to this movie? I guess there yeah, is. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Death yeah. is most certainly. I guess a resolution. that's true. That's, that's true. a lot of death.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of death right at the end. Uh, let's get started.
1: I felt like I really enjoyed the first half of this movie, and then when Chris Hemsworth got there, it became a different movie, mm. and then it felt like it was an allegory, but I couldn't figure out what for, and I got pretty confused.
0: I could see that. I, I, I agree that oh. the, the front half and the back half are very different. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily think that's a problem, because I, I don't think there's only so many legs the front half really had. Um, of just kind of doing like an exploratory like this is how these people got to the hotel it's like yeah i'm kind of interested in that but not really enough to hold me over and i I liked the whole the hotel is a horrible place like it's a horrible place for horrible people and i liked how they kind of kept that they kept ebbing at that throughout the entire first half and then by the second half it's like oh it is a horrible place for horrible people so i kind of liked how they were foreshadowing that like this whole place is just going to hell fast um but I agree, like, the, the stark difference is a little jarring, especially because as soon as Chris Hemsworth shows up, it's not even, like, like tonality of, like, the music, tone of the, the camera work, the colors. Everything is just a huge shift.
1: And, yeah. and I just had to change how I was watching it. Because, like I said, the first part of the movie was a, a story. And I was getting into the story. I was getting interested. And the second half of the movie felt like it was about something really important and deep. And I I couldn't I couldn't figure out what. And so I spent the whole time going, what does this mean? What is?" This? And suddenly the, I had to concentrate more on the second half of the movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the first half, it is. It's not really, like, beyond, like, symbolism. Like, there's a lot of religious symbolism and there's a lot of, like, uh, good and bad symbolism. Like, I think the majority mm-hmm. of the movie is yeah. good and bad. Like, that's what it all boils down to. And, like, it almost. Chewy loved this part of the movie. I'm not sure how I felt about it. Um, but it, it's so on the nose of, like, here's the line. <clears throat> Do you cross the mm-hmm. line? And, like, there's a literal line throughout mm-hmm. the entire movie. And it's like, ooh, like, the. Uh, I not that. The bellhop died. On the line. I didn't get that. Like, uh, between good and bad, he was wait, on the line.
1: Which part's bad? Line. Nevada. Oh, yeah, that, yep. Nevada. that makes sense. Yep. California is good. I mean, we can all... Yeah.
2: Go. I liked the first act of the movie. I want a movie that is all set up. So, <laughs> literally, like, conflict stresses me out, so I really like set up. Like, I like all these people, and they're doing their thing, and he's looking for bugs, and she's, like, a singer. I love it. I... I but like seriously, I thought that part was really well done. It's very th- well done. Mm-hmm. I thought like you know, it's almost like little it's almost anthology with each individual person like getting to where they're going um, to to get to this this setting. Um, so I really enjoyed that. But and I do agree that like the second half is very different. The cult leader coming in like sort of gives it a different tone. And to me, partly the issue I had with that was that this cult leader guy was very like, Cookie cutterish, whereas everybody else was a little more deep. I mean, he was just the standard like, I am the guy who who subverts your will and like you know makes you follow me through my charisma, and I'm just a cult leader guy. Abs, yeah, yeah and, oh, and, and his abs. Have you seen my abs? <laughs>
1: <laughs> because if you haven't, you're going to for the entire rest of this movie. For brainwashing, uh, that gets you like forty percent of the way. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but I, to what you
3: uh to what you were saying, Justin? Uh, the first half has a really pleasant rhythm. Yes, and like and maybe that's the point is he breaks up the rhythm. Other uh, Chris Hemsworth, his abs break the rhythm later, but it just I was getting into that loop. I liked that it was like chaptery and it was following these people on very specific, like the the backstory to the singer was really cool. Having that the like just these little sections and then capped off with a really what the fuck moment. This kind of good, like,
0: I was getting into a pattern with it, and I really liked it. I did too, but I I, kind of what I was saying earlier, I don't think that was sustainable for the whole movie. No, no. And I think that's where, like, throwing the wrench in of, like, you could see how this would play out if two things didn't happen. If Rosie never called Chris Hemsworth uh, or Billy Lee, uh, if she never called him, or if John Hamm listened to his boss and didn't intervene, Mm -hmm. you could see how this movie plays out totally different. Right. Like, and I I think that's kind of why I liked it because it was this is the rhythm that you would be seeing if these two things didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so if John Hammond just, just let it be like he was supposed to, it would have played out just like how we were talking. And it's like, Oh yeah, it's kind of interesting how they all kind of ended up here. And maybe we would have found out how the bellhop became a horrible, but not that horrible person. And it's like, eh, I, I kind of see it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to throw it in there really quick because I haven't mentioned it yet. Um, uh, we record two episodes at a time and i've been doing a very good job of accidentally picking movies that pair together uh, this week my pairing is the production designer was the same on both movies which i found really interesting this and this movie had great production design this movie had great production it design look, it was predator very good looking. not as much maybe he was putting all of his effort into this
2: i'm going to uh, guess i didn't i didn't see predator but i'm going to guess the whole movie is shades of black is yeah, it one of those movies that's too dark where you can't see or anything? It it's not that bad. Of, is
1: it Shanes of Black? That, that's what,
2: yeah, definitely.
0: Ah. <laughs> We're not going back into that thing. But the other thing <laughs> that, I, that I, I did want to bring up, because Predator didn't do it at all. Uh, they talk about it, then ignore it. This one really deals with it, and it's PTSD. The, mm. the bellhop character is so far in the weeds of PTSD, and at a time when our country did nothing for soldiers with PTSD... I thought it was really interesting having that character, and without ever really calling out, oh, he has PTSD, and that's why he's addicted to heroin, and that's why he does this, and that's why he's shady about all this stuff. It's no, he just had, especially because we don't find he was a soldier until the last fifteen minutes. He just always said he did horrible things, and we just keep assume We just kept assuming. No, no, it couldn't,
3: yeah, it couldn't have been. You're you're such a pipsqueak. No, not, whatever. I either went
0: that way, or I'm like, or he's like, maybe he's like hotel. a yeah maybe he's like either the stuff he did for the hotel maybe he's got a closet full of bodies and like that's just how he gets his rocks off like what the hell could they, this guy have done they so they did a bad? good
1: job casting I, I, um, I have two thoughts about the casting of that because he looks like a baby you yeah. know and mm-hmm. so that's perfect um, but when he grabs the gun and starts shooting people it's totally believable so it's yeah. great I also though partly was thinking god I wonder if they they were, they were would have cast Anton Yelchin Sure would said Park. the same thing yeah. when we walked out yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's like you can <laughs> see him so easily <laughs> in this same. role
0: yeah he would have played it amazingly. Not that the guy that did it did yeah. bad. I thought yeah. he was very good, but it did feel like a if he had not passed away, this he would been a lot of role.
2: he had a lot of like quiver face. I'm almost gonna cry, not gonna cry, going on. I yeah. him I found a little bit too like maudlin and over the top, and I thought that his like backstory with the soldier thing, I thought that was just kind of dumped out and like like here's the like he has his story with the hotel and like i get it like i see what i sort of feel what's going on behind the scenes and then all of a sudden like oh also vietnam here's the setup for that and here's the immediate resolution where i cry and then i shoot a bunch of people like it was a little too like set up punchline too easy for me on that
0: i I agree it's a little especially because they've been hinting at it the whole time it's kind of like oh once we get it it happens so fast I think timing wise was probably the right idea because if we'd find out he was a soldier earlier, then we'd just be waiting for him to act.
1: This was a movie that was really made in editing. I mean, like, yeah. this movie could have been edited to be a completely different film.
0: Yeah, so it could have been more like was, the trailers and been yeah. like a comedy, because this mm-hmm. was not...
1: Well, not even that, just that you could have interchanged a lot of scenes. <laughs> oh, yeah, You could have put sure. things in different places very easily. You could have had the reveal about the soldier earlier. So it was, I wonder how many different cuts, like, move things around, or if this followed the script, or, you know...
0: Yeah, I don't know. And it'd be, like, you can even, like, go further, like just moving things around and see how that play for, like, a real a reveal. Like, mm-hmm. imagine if we saw uh Miles get shot through the window before we knew John Hamm was the one getting shot. Mm-hmm. And he's just standing next to a window screaming, you need to get over here, and then boom. Yeah. Like, there's so many things that they could have done differently, and I don't think they did the wrong thing, but I agree with you. It's totally made in editing because, like, it's a puzzle, and it could be put together so many different ways that I still think would work.
2: There's a lot of... um negative space and silence in the movie yep. with the editing especially in like the first half of the movie which i really appreciated especially with the singer character there's just mm. you know a lot of these I, I think it was true to itself as like a thriller suspense type movie rather than a actiony type movie yeah in terms of there isn't like constant soundtrack blaring all the time and constant like talking in action every single moment i enjoyed I thought the, the space for that.
0: I actually thought the sound design was fantastic. Like, yeah. th- there's certain moments, like uh, specifically say, uh, I forget the character's name, the um, the singer,
3: uh, Darla Sweet. Dar- 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 Darla, yeah. yeah. Darlene. Yeah. Darlene. Darlene Sweet. Yeah. So
0: when Darlene Darlene's is uh, when they do her flashback, the sound design of that scene is amazing because it starts with just the whole. Uh, the whole ensemble of the singers, the backup singers, the instrumentation, all of it, and then as the camera pans around the room, everything starts fading away until you just have her voice and it lands on her face. I'm like, that was really well done. And there's little moments of that throughout the entire movie. Like they play with sound throughout, and it's always done really that scene well.
1: Scene where she's singing while he's uh, digging up the floorboards is. Yeah. Absolutely beautifully done. Um, oh, we have a we have a canine Sorry guest. In in the, yeah. We do have a dog in here. Uh, two we, dogs, two dogs.
2: Shut your face. You don't even know what you're barking at. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, the, the clapping, the like, the, the teamwork of the two of them with her clapping yeah. while he's hammering, oh, yeah. and, and then you see it from Dakota uh, Johnson, yeah, her yeah. her perspective, and you're like, oh shit, like this is it's such a tense scene. The music is so beautiful, and then like it's just there's so much happening in that scene with these three characters. It's just beautifully shot,
0: and she was great. Darlene was amazing. And mm-hmm. like I don't know her from anything, mm-hmm. really. She,
1: she, shit, I I looked her up because yeah. originally they offered this part to Beyonce. Yeah,
0: <gasps> um, which would have been the wrong choice. Yes. I love Beyonce. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, yeah.
2: but this girl was the better choice. I assume this person is a singer. Yeah,
1: yeah. she. I think she was on Broadway. I I, I think, think she, I know she's I, been
0: on plays on in London. Yeah. I'm not sure about Broadway. And then I know she was in um, what was that movie that just came out about the three women robbing people in Chicago? Dream uh, Girls. Nope. <laughs> uh, was a very widows. Queenlet- Queenlet- widows. She's yeah. widow.s Yeah, I don't think she's one of the main people. In widows, but I know I she's. found it an interesting choice that throughout the movie,
3: everyone else is saying how like generic she is, and I don't know, like
2: Who's, who says that?
3: Like the the villain, um, Abs. He, no, he but he that, says that to be a dick. Yeah, he says that a, to be a dick. But like, put her down. But that, and then, the other guy, the, uh, the producer also says that's that, a power
0: too. play. He's trying to, her to own her. Yeah, that's just. That's trying to break her Parallel
2: spirit. between the cult guy and the producer guy. Yeah.
0: Toxic. Mm. Yeah. Men who
2: like
1: throw their power around over women there was definitely a misogynist angle to that
0: oh yeah like that was the nobody thought she was mediocre like that was blatantly obvious they were just trying to own her essentially
1: but you're right like it 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 does parallel later on when billy lee is is watching um rose was her name yeah yeah rose and that other girl fight next to the fire it was so misogynistic it was so just like watch these women fight for the right to sleep with me yeah it's just so gross And, and a power play and and it is very similar to what the producer does
0: yeah, but jumping back a few conversations now, but I, I kind of want to get into what something Justin said, and I agree with him, and it never dawned on me till he said it. Uh, everyone in this movie is such a distinct and unique and fun character, and they really kind of dropped the ball with Chris Hemsworth. like mm-hmm. He is very cookie-cutter, standard cult leader. Yeah. And it's kind of weird. Like, the, the only difference is that a lot of cult leaders were not classically handsome people. <laughs> nope. Like, that's, if you look into any historical cults, they're usually kind of schlubby, ugly guys who are just really good at talking.
2: They, they have to rely on their charisma. Yeah. To, to win over people. And I think that's probably what was missing from this particular version of this character. Yeah, because, I mean, well, it also wasn't he had the natural,
0: like, Hemsworth charisma, but the character itself, beyond his conversations with Rose, mm. never really felt
2: like it. Mm-mm.
1: You probably decided to cast him because you need someone who's going to be believable as enthralling. That's really hard to pull off in half a movie um, with a character who's ugly. Sure,
0: but I think... I think Hemsworth is up to the task. I think he's a very good actor. Yeah. I think he could pull off that very No, but I mean guy. casting
1: an unattractive guy in the, in in that oh, role. Sure, sure, you yeah. know, you you it's it's hard to convey that someone is enthralling and like can can put so much power over a woman if he's just a slubby gross dude. Sure. Yeah, in, no, in a short it's not even the whole movie. We only see yeah. him for like a portion. So it yeah, was basically no, that, casting Chris Hemsworth as like shorthand. It also sure, like,
3: yeah, but it, it you're right. It does feel like shorthand where everything else felt like specific. It like I don't know, it, for me it was missing something that everyone else had
0: and the thing we got a backstory or at least a backstory scene with him and we got like i feel like we got as much as they could give us if they didn't want to make this thing three hours right and i i feel like that's i don't think this deserved to be a three hour movie that sounded meaner than i meant it to be but i don't think it should have been a three hour movie so i think they made the right call keeping it lower but the the spacing yet because he did since drew wanted to take his time with things like uh, editing and with like long pauses and like long
2: silences, he did kind of lose space for things where we got to know Chris Hemsworth a little bit more. Maybe you, you only needed that one, that, that like one bonfire scene that he has. That's the only scene you need. But I feel like there was something missing there. You also there. get
1: him with the when he first meets her right. on the beach.
0: Because yes. well, neither one of those scenes were about him. Yeah, that's what was missing. They were both mm-hmm. used to further Rose's character. Not. They his. also yeah. kind of made him feel like angelic Lucifer,
3: like almost like villainy, like this kind of the oh he was definitely an angel yeah like, he was like they, they kind of went that a- angle with it and by that token they also just kind of used the shortcuts for it so it's like yeah. not, none of the scenes are about him ever and even the oh, beach oh no scene,
1: fewer scenes about a white guy yeah
0: <laughs> but I mean as far as what everyone else got yeah,
3: it just no, was such a
0: missed yeah like, um, but speaking of people who actually got their, their due diligence and I thought was fantastic in this movie I want to talk about Jeff Bridges mm. oh, oh man who just Go-
1: won the Cecil B. DeMille Award he did at the uh, Golden Globes
0: good for him I, I I like Jeff Bridges and I really like old Jeff Bridges who has marble mouth and he just it sounds like he's talking around marbles in his mouth with every line. Mm. But I think he's great and I thought he was a very good choice for this character. Mm-hmm. Cuz I thought like there and there's little subtle things with him the whole way through like when they uh when you see the robbery back in I think they said Decatur uh Everybody, they have all their masks. He's wearing a sad guy mask. The robbery was in Stockton. Stockton. California. That's right.
1: You buy him One, as a priest, but you also buy him as a as a criminal. Yeah.
0: And like he played both of them pretty believably. And when he did his whole speech about losing memory, like having spoken to people who are going through that, he nails it. Like he just totally gets that. I'm running out of time. Like I have to try to see everything now before I lose everything. I was really surprised by
3: his turn in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you expect something like, like not bad necessarily. Because I like Jeff Bridges as well. Yeah. But you're like, okay, I know what I'm going to get from him, and, it and came, I was very surprised. It
1: came back. It wasn't just a character device. It ended up being kind of plot relevant later on when he can't remember his name, and then she yeah. has to convince him that no, he's telling the truth, and it becomes such a heightened tension when you're like, oh no, oh shit, you know?
0: Yeah. Like it's it works, and like I, I thought everything about Jeff Bridges in this worked, and like usually it's not to say anything bad about the guy, but usually when I see him in a movie, I kind of feel like. I'm always worried about the paycheck Jeff Bridges of like the RIPD. Like
2: I'm going to show up, get some money and go home.
1: I'm the dude. I'm just going to play playing the dude until I die. Exactly. Yeah.
2: A lot of those performances by him, he's only like doing one note. And this one he had to put a lot of different faces on. He's got to be, he's got to be pretending to be another character. He's got to be honest. He's got to be tough, like at different moments. And like, you can see it in his physicality. I mean, he's, a consummate professional. so yeah. he knows how to do that.
0: Yeah, and he had to be both lying and telling the truth at the same time. I mean, mm-hmm. He has to tell the truth to Darlene about I'm losing my
2: memory, and he's to- and I'm a priest, which is a lie. And he's totally credible. <laughs> like when he when he's being credible, like you know when like you can t- you can just tell yeah. you can perceive it, and that helps. With the authenticity of it,
0: yeah, I, I thought he was phenomenal, and like, it's one of those ones where like I'm watching his performance and this, like how he's been nominated before, but he's getting no acclaim for this role at all, and I think it's one of the best he's done in a long time. Like he was great in like Hell or High Water and lots of stuff, but
2: he made a meal out of a snack. I mean, it's it's not I don't know, it, like something else was probably a little more demanding, but I thought this was a very like solid, like difficult performance.
0: But that's what I mean. It's like yeah, that's the stuff that I'm usually more impressed by like don't get me like Mm. don't get me wrong Rami Malek is it uh for Bohemian Rhapsody I'm sure he does an amazing job being Freddie Mercury but like that's what you expect when you get a Mm. role like this where it could be very easily just kind of forgettable and he made it that memorable on this
2: I'm I'm more impressed does this count as a supporting role
0: how do they how do they define it
2: I I know different awards define it differently
0: I think usually it's you you say what you're
2: submitting for I thought it was like screen time or something maybe not I don't know I don't know. I feel like I
1: Darlene know. is really the only one who could be considered the main character. I mean, mm. I, I, more she Starts gets and more of a yeah. story than anyone else and everyone else seems the two secondary. Of them, yeah.
0: yeah, I mean the real meat of the story really begins and ends with her. Like
1: And she's the only truly good person in this story. I mean, she's the only person who didn't murder or kill or kidnap or, or do something super shady in order to get here. True.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh what have we missed? We haven't really talked we didn't <laughs> really talk about Dakota Johnson at all. I feel kind of bad about. Is she the I, older sister or the younger yeah, she's sister? She's the older sister. Emily, she's good, but that's that um, alone. That statement right there, yeah, in my opinion, is impressive on its own because I only know it from Fifty Shades of Grey, where she is not good. Oh, I There's just...
2: nothing good. She's in those so movies.
1: dark in that she's so. Like, I mean, yeah. sad and like like she did a good job because she starts out you're like oh shit she kidnapped this person and then you realize why she kidnapped this person and then later on she's super sad and she's about to be shot because of her sister and so she goes through a lot of emotions in this story yeah. and you, you're you with her like you're like oh I don't like her she's a bitch and then oh shit she loves her sister and oh shit well, I, I, yeah
3: I did like that the movie changed how I felt about her the yeah. whole time yeah. and it, with those types of manipulations sometimes I like them sometimes I don't but this one I felt did a good balance where I was like uh, I'm kind of a, like I would be against you, you know, well wait, hold on Wait, hold on. Like, there was yeah. a lot of wait, hold on this with is her This is a good character. role for
1: her to get out of that Fifty Shades. Yeah. She could have mm-hmm. easily been trapped there, depending mm-hmm. on what she chose next.
0: Because I think, I mean, it's a shame not as many people saw this one, because that would have helped her a lot. Mm-hmm. But like, I think there's the two moments for me with her that made me go, oh, she's really good in this, is when she kills John Hamm. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, she has the great face of, like, I'm willing to do this. It is not I want to. It's I have to. And she just she nailed that. Of just like as soon as he goes listen, she's like I don't have a choice. Like it doesn't matter what you say. I have to do
2: this. She plays conviction very well.
0: Yeah. And then when she uh, when she's talking to Miles, (gasps) and he's trying to talk her out of killing him, he's like You don't have to kill me. I don't even know your names. Mm. And then Rose comes through like I'm (laughs) so and so. And like the look on her face of like I have to do this. It's like this almost the same face she gave John Hamm before she shot him, of like Well now I have to kill you. And like you can tell she's not happy about it, but she's willing to do anything to save her sister. And I thought that was a really good, especially because they don't give her a lot of screen time. Like She's very mm. minimally mm. used, but
2: I thought with what she had, she did a really good job. Why was she driving so aggressively with her sister in the trunk of the car? She's mad at her sister. She was like <laughs> peeling into that parking lot. Yeah. And the girl's in the trunk of a very old, non-padded trunk car. I'm going with she's mad at her sister. Yeah, yeah sisterly
3: love. Yeah
1: but yeah that was so because I'm thinking about that Can't Hurry Love sequence where she's looking through the window at Darlene singing and in that moment she's the villain but then as soon as Billy Lee shows up she's a victim it, it's just it, this movie does a really good job at switching around your perspective like at first you're like oh Johnny Hamm's such an asshole and they're like oh shit he's a government agent oh shit no he's still kind of an asshole but wait no because he's trying to save this girl and you're just sort of like the whole movie you're like I, you're, yeah. how you feel about people is constantly changing and that's why it's cool that they shot it that they they cut it the way they did because it, it the fact that you're in and out of time and you're switching people's per- perspectives, um, it really does play on that. You're constantly which, switching how you feel.
0: Which leans more into what you said earlier of Darlene being the main character because yeah. she's the only one you don't really flip that's on.
1: That's very true. Yeah. yeah, Everyone
0: else, you kind of don't know how to feel about them. Mm. And then she's the one who's consistent.
1: The yeah. only secret we ever have is that Darlene's a singer. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we find out she's singing and that's why she has a bedroll, you're like, oh, okay. And the rest of the movie yeah. is like, no, this is she's straightforward.
0: Yeah. Is there anything we've missed? We've uh, talk, we didn't really talk much about the production design, and it's
2: beautiful. It looks really, really good. It's very eye candy-y. I, I mean, it was filmed in British Columbia. So yep. did you notice famous British Columbia actor, the guy from X-Files was the judge? <laughs> yes, I did yeah, notice smoking that. Man. smoking man. yeah. smoking man, yeah. Um, end of comment. Um,
1: the needle drops were fabulous they were Um, not just the ones Darlene was singing but like even just the soundtrack Um, it was so just they picked the best period and it was so jarring too again when you're you're listening to Motown the entire movie and then when Billy Lee shows up suddenly it's like rock and you're and you're just and even they even commented on that where uh, Jeff Bridges is like what is this music Um, but I love that Darlene still knows the music because she knows all music yeah but um, yeah it was just such an interesting way to again change the perspective is even the music totally changed and yeah. all
3: that combination does a really interesting job of um making the movie feel modern despite being set in the past like mm. by the end when they're in the end credits like even her, their style of presenting how she's singing is more modern and like mm. i don't know it just took it out of its time to me i don't know it was a weird timeless feel even though it was you know you know when it's set i thought that choice with the music yeah and how they edit that together and then subvert it with but it's also a, coming in yeah
0: but it's all still period accurate music and they yeah. just did a good yeah it was a, it was a really well done Um, The one thing I want to bring up, because I was trying to get a cinematographer on today, but I was unable to lock down any of the ones that I know.
1: I thought Justin was the first person that you asked to be on the episode. He was the
0: first person I asked, but I knew that Chu wasn't going to be on the episode, so I tried to get a second guest. Okay. Trying to call me out. (laughs) Uh, I say nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I've already made my point. Um, But yeah, I think the movie is... It's not like... uh, I don't remember what movie we were talking about before where every shot felt super calculated. I think it was... Uh, oh, Thoroughbreds.
1: It, it was you, either Wish You're Here or Thoroughbreds. You were never really there was my complaint. Right. Yeah.
0: This one I don't think had like the that level of every single shot is constructed, but a
2: lot of them really were. There's and, some There's some sequences which are very like yeah. deliberate, but and, it's, and, it's not overly precious the whole way through. Exactly. It, doesn't, and now, yeah.
1: it wasn't, look at how cool this shot is, everybody. I went to film school.
0: I think the only time that happened was... With Chris Hemsworth walking through the rain on the line, like toe to mm-hmm. heel to toe, heel like to toe. It. That was the only time I was like, oh, this is a really showy shot. But otherwise, a lot of the shots were just very well constructed. Like, I just thought they were really, like especially Chewie brought this one up when we were watching it. When he's, um, after he's been hit by the bottle by Darlene, and Jeff Bridges is sitting in the booth while Miles is making him a drink, it's shot as if he's in a confessional hmm. as he's telling him. The truth about him. It's like it's right, the, right. the layout of like the, the set design and the way it's shot. All of it just speaks as if he's confessing things now. It's like mm. this is and there's a lot of moments like that throughout the movie. I'm like, the cinematography in this is just on point. Mm. And you look up who shot it and it's like, of course I don't have internet now, so I can't find their name again. Um like they're no joke. Like they've shot legit stuff.
3: And I think that's all that together is kind of why I, I enjoy this movie, but I enjoy it whenever the name Drew Goddard comes up in these things. There's a sense of there's going to be some construction in the shot. It's going to be very uh, filmmakerly, but it's also going to not be precious about it either.
2: And Sh- I, Seamus McGarvey, that's
1: right. My only real complaint <laughs> is the fire at the end. Like, it just like the slowest moving fire of all time. <laughs> They're Gable- standing. They had like a whole save his soul moment there they had all the stuff and the fire just like doesn't move I mean I know it's a controlled burn obviously but it's still just like I just thought that was funny when they were they're like no one is concerned about like the fact that the building is coming although, around although I you. think
0: that was
3: it the California side that was burning faster was was it? It the, I, I
1: don't remember I didn't see any change just I, like I could on.
0: be wrong but I think they were both burning at the exact same rate
1: and I think it was intentional mm. It was thing. a symmetrical yeah. scene. Yeah, because yeah. it was not supposed to be. they're walking out, they're down the line. I was just built. making a California fire joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Uh, we burn a lot. We burn. Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: I'm it is, too. I mean, to be fair. Other things I was thinking about is the compromising film that they allude to. Like, they came very close to saying, like, oh, it's Martin Luther King. Was that who you thought it was? That's who <sighs> I thought it was. Because um, he looks very meaningfully at Darlene, like when he's like, like, do you know who this is on this film? And she answers, and she she is actually talking about him.
1: Interesting. I thought it was Kennedy. I mean, I we was, all know Kennedy fucked around. Yeah, but I was having evidence of it yeah. would be.
2: It, it it could very well be yeah. like Robert Kennedy, like I don't know. But um, if I was like worried the whole way through that they're going to be like, and it was Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. And then it's just like that's a very like that would have felt very like cheap to me, like very like cheap yeah. thrill. So I don't know. And, That's why I always assumed Kennedy, because that was, one just made the most it's sense. It's cool they never
1: told you. Yeah. So you can draw your own conclusions. Yeah. Um, it, was that why John Hamm was there? Was he looking for that tape, you think? Yes, because
2: okay. I, this is my assumption. is He's talking to J. Edgar Hoover, because J. Edgar Hoover was big into destroying his enemies, which he saw as like socially disruptive by blackmailing them. He did that with MLK. No, It could be. And then I think the whole hotel concept is based on this guy... Uh, Gerard Gerald Foos, who he famously in the 60s and 70s in Colorado had his own motel where he had uh, like a crawl space above all the rooms and would like go and watch everybody who stayed in his motel and take like intricate notes in his notebook for like 20 years gross and uh, it was going to be a movie with directed by Sam Mendes Interesting. and then it wasn't and then it wasn't and then this no, movie this happened movie. <laughs> I think it's time for quotes
0: I mean, it's a short episode, but I, I think we've rounded the uh,
2: horn. Sure. Round, rounded the also, I
1: wanted to make a brief comment about the costumes, like Dakota Johnson's oh. fringy fucking coat when she walked in that door I'm in love with, and Darlene's um, see-through raincoat. Those two pieces were absolutely fabulous. The
0: uh, There's the sequence when she's watching them, we talked about earlier, where the, uh, they're breaking into the floor, and the green in... Uh, Dakota Johnson's eyes matches the green on the wall behind Darlene and then at the end of the movie Darlene is wearing the sparkly dress which matches both greens. Way to go,
1: art and wardrobe departments.
0: I saw that on my own. My wife didn't have to point it out to me at all. (laughs) (laughs) You're moving up in the world. (laughs) Yeah, she definitely pointed it all out to me. Uh, (laughs) uh, Quotes, 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 quotes.
1: When Billy Lee is going on some kind of dumb rant, Darlene at one point just cuts him off and says, I've heard it. I don't care. And I love that. I was like, yes, more black women telling white men to shut up, please.
0: That one was, that was my second line, because uh, I loved that one. So I have to go with my first, which I was probably going to anyways, because it feels like what I'm going to say, as soon as I hit the right age,
2: all of the time,
0: I'm old, shit happens, bring the whiskey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, None of the lines really in this movie, like stood out to me, like as something like pithy or, or I, I don't know, you know, um. I think every like the performance is really good and stuff was delivered very well like that particular line about shut up i've heard it like i like i think that was good but I, I like the um is this some kind of pervert hotel which i think was said like three or four times um because it's the same line delivered multiple ways and when jeff Bridges says it towards the end i think it's some kind of pervert hotel like mm. I, I, I don't know he's he's doing his like three you know triple faced lie upon lie thing which is kind of interesting
0: I always like those, uh, it's like in, um, fuck, what's the name of that Sean Penn movie where it's like, you should be more careful. He has the two fingers. Co- U-turn. There it Harvey is. Harvey Milk. U-turn. <laughs> U-turn. <laughs> um, so the one I like,
3: and it's mainly just because of the performance and the amusement of it, um, is the, this is not a place for a priest, Father. You shouldn't be here when Miles tries to outsell, like to tell him, tell him off. And uh, John Hamm's character, <laughs> I believe, is like, we might need to work on your sales pitch, son. The El Royale, no place for a priest. <laughs> And just in general, I found that funny.
0: The entire opening of them waiting for the bellhop was fantastic.
1: John Ham was so great. So Such good. Such an asshole. <laughs> so the way he talked to tar- Darlene was just like, oh, God. That's awful. So cringy. I
0: love the way he, say, uh, he says accoutrements. <laughs> You'll notice my accoutrements there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. Uh, Do you not see I had accoutrements? <laughs>
1: I would like to amend, though, I didn't mean black women should tell white men to shut up. I meant that black women should be telling more preachy asshole white men to shut up. I want someone being like, you hate white men! <laughs> you
0: know. Review system. It's going to be movies where the second half is totally different than the oh first half. God, It's a good and tough one.
2: How is it a review system if we're just saying a movie that has that quality? Well, is it two things we have to say a movie that has that quality and is similar to this movie in quality? Yes. That's too many many requirements. It's not. (laughs) We do it every
0: week. This one's too hard. It's not.
1: This one's really hard.
0: It is really hard. But we have a lot of time. All right, I'll go first. I'll get the ball rolling. Full Metal Jacket. I love Full Metal Jacket. And the first half of the movie is all about learning to go to war. And the second half of the movie is all about being in war. Basically, two separate films jammed together. This one isn't quite that extreme of two separate films but everything about the way the first movie the first half of the movie is shot sound color everything is totally different than after chris hemsworth shows up and it's a totally different movie even like the pacing the dialogue everything just shifts just like in full Metal jacket and i think they're both i mean there's only two drew grotter movies but i'd say they're both up there as far as directors capabilities Hmm. Uh, pretty much any kubrick movie works all of them are totally different halfway through. Uh, a lot of Tarantino movies. The oh, well, right. I was
1: going to say Kill Bill 1 and 2, but does that count? I was
2: going to say G- that too. Well, one of you can just the our- over. <laughs> They're the same movie. So well, one is the first half. Just start over and, and you, is- you, can, you can do it all over again.
1: Well, actually, I, I could even just go with Kill Bill, the first one. Mm. Okay. Um, so I would say Kill Bill, the first one, because uh, most, it's not necessarily first half and second half necessarily, but the movie follows the bride, and then all of a sudden we go this huge tarantino-esque detour um, where we're following ren oshi and it turns into a cartoon and then we like see her whole life and it's a whole different movie for a little while
2: yeah that works all right i think this movie owes a lot to quentin tarantino Uh, because Mm -hmm. it's the like let's take a genre trash movie genre thing from the 70s and do it better than they ever could have done it back then in terms of just like technical like production design, pacing and er title screens, all of it. Like when you watch, when you watch old, like kind of B movies, like it's always like, you can tell what they were doing, but like they were limited in some way. And now the thing is just like, let's just do it and like kill it. Like in every single possible way we can in the way that they couldn't have done it back then. Yeah. My answer is (laughs) the wizard of Oz because the first part is in black and white. (laughs) And the second part is in color. Well done. (laughs) <laughs> and there's a it's a ensemble cast. Also okay. true. Also true. I love the idea of that being a double feature with Bad Times Not Right.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. I, I think I'm going to in a connection with last week, I'm going to do the first Predator movie. In terms okay. of it 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 kind of leads you down one path and and jukes once the Predator gets there. I know they kind of reveal that a little bit in the very first frame, but again without context, you are just going in expecting a bunch of commandos doing a thing and it shifts and it becomes more of a, a essentially a, a, a horror film, like a, a slashery, like with comedic element elements still. But yeah, you have to, you have to change how you view the movie
0: part of the way through. I'm disappointed that neither one of you is into the spider verse. That one would have worked very well.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: Totally different about halfway through, but that's okay. Uh, no. it's time for plugs, plug plug, plug plugs. I'm going to go first. Venture Bros. Every Monday. Venture Bros. The Venture Bros. Podcast. We are in season three. We are very close to the end of season three, which means we get to start the epic season four, which was advertised as, it's time to jump the shark. And I love that that's how they advertised it. And season four is fantastic. Hmm. So yeah, that's it for me. And then we also um,
3: have the Samwise podcast, where she answers advice using the... Lord of the Rings and it's extended edition, edition. Uh, and special features as a guide. Yes. And as I'm going through those myself now, I'm like, yes, this all checks out. She is very good at it. And she the episodes are great.
1: She also yeah. just went to New Zealand and saw like where the movies were made, right? Yeah. yeah. So so she and has, got married while she was at and it. she got married there because yeah. she's a devoted fan. So get ready.
3: We're <laughs> g- it's going to be an epic next season, as it were, of this uh, <laughs> Samwise show. Definitely check it out.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, I'm going to be doing a podcast called A Dog's Podcast and it will be about dogs in movies that where the dog is a secondary character and I'm going to talk about like what the story is from the dog's perspective uh, and I don't know when I don't know what day that'll be dropping or when it's soon. Soon, very soon. Soon, soon, soon. soon. It's pretty much ready to go. I just have to record some episodes. (laughs) (laughs) That's an important part. Well, because I was mentioning, because I keep giving the list to my friends and being like, you want to come on my podcast? Here's a list of movies. And they'll be like, I totally want to come on. I don't know what movie. And then I never hear from them again. (laughs) I'm like, I gave you a list.
3: You just got to go to their place and drag them back to your podcasting. I should just assign them one. Hmm. Yeah. Or just give them like, you can do this one or this one. Yeah. Which one would you rather? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never yeah. underestimate the power of indecision. Yes. Yeah. Just two right. choices is enough.
0: But it's me will... at a buffet every time. just like, I don't know mm-hmm. what to get. But I can't fit it all on my if plate. If you love dogs <laughs>
1: and you love movies and you love dogs and movies and you've ever wondered, I wonder what that dog's thinking in this scene about this human, that's, that's where you'll hear it.
3: And uh, I guess I also have a, a coming soon podcast, a tabletop uh, role-playing game show. Uh, Called Demon Days, and it's coming out, and it's all going to be about demonic characters and tabletop.
2: Um, I am a lawyer, so all of my greatest achievements are confidential. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But my boyfriend and fiancé, Jason, is going to be on a million-dollar listing this month. Those are the
1: same person, the boyfriend and Uh, (laughs) fiancé.
2: Affianced. He's going to be a million-dollar listing this month on just one episode, and then he has uh, a Bravo show coming out in April, which I cannot tell you the name of. But <laughs> is it called Jason? So nope. just watch Bravo yep. and it. Is any it called Jason shows? X? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jason <laughs> X, I'm
2: so into that show. <laughs> it's not what I think it is. I am disappointed. It's a slasher interior design. That is actually <laughs> That's really exactly awesome. what I wanted That's it to be. Amazing. <laughs> that sounds amazing.
0: Now, if it's not that, oh my I mean, God. You
1: have why an idea, isn't that a show? Right? <laughs> right?
2: You have an idea right now for a show. That's an amazing show. Or at least like a f- eight-minute YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right.
0: Uh, all right. That's it for us today on Bad Times at Our Royale. Uh, next week we have something. I don't remember what was at this exact moment. It's either Crazy Rich <laughs> <laughs> Asians or The Nun, because those are the two that we're recording next week, and I don't remember what one's going first. But it's one of those two. Uh, yeah. I think that's everything, right? Yep. Right? Right? We did it.
1: Bye! Bye! Bye.